you ever thought about how valuable it would be to get career advice from a top executive? Have you ever wondered what management really thinks about diversity? Join us as our C-suite guest shares with our Latino community their unique insights on professional development and diverse leadership. Welcome to C-Suite, the show that combines surprising leadership insights with a focus on diversity. I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor and VP of Board Development for Alpha New Jersey. Today, we have a very special guest, Damian Rivera, Alpha's CEO. Prior to Alpha, Damian was a managing director at Accenture and started his career there as a coder. Damian serves on the National Board of Directors of Perscolis, which works to break the cycle of poverty by providing technology education and resources to underserved communities. In 2018, Damian was selected as one of their top 101 most influential Latinos by Latino Leaders Magazine. In 2019, he was selected to serve on the Young Alumni Board of Columbia Business School. In addition to his nonprofit and diversity work, Damien is an angel investor working with tech startups with a social purpose mission. Damien is married to his high school sweetheart, Idanis, and has two children, Damien Francisco and Ilanis. Damien enjoys triathlons, having completed the New York City Triathlon 10 years in a row and completed a charity bike ride from Toronto to Niagara Falls. Welcome, Damien. How are you feeling? How's your energy? Uh, my energy is great. I'm feeling good today. I will tell you, this is the first time I have ever done a podcast myself. So it's... Um, uh, fantastic to be able to do it as the first time in this first one for Alpha New Jersey. I predict you are going to go on a tear and then <laughs> Damien's going to be like on every podcast and then on CNN and all over the place. So this is a great, great way to start. Yeah, no, this is great. This is great. I'll tell you, I, I've been on, I've been on TV and TV is a very different sort of feel. Yep. Um, it's, it's funny how intimate this feels. It feels like you can really just get into some good stuff through the conversation over here. So I'm excited yeah, for it. Really looking forward to that. Yeah. So we want to get to know you a little bit better, uh, a little bit above and beyond the bio. So with that in mind, tell us about the unique value you provide, the thing that has really helped you throughout your career and that you bring to all your roles, regardless of what your title or position is? I think for me, it's a, it's a certain energy that I try to bring uh, into everything I do, um, which it, it, it's it's interesting or, or maybe it's weird. So uh, naturally, I am extremely shy. I am extremely, I'm someone that you know, in a room full of people, I'm more than happy to kind of stand off to the side and kind of people watch and sort of see how things evolve and, and what's out there. Uh, but growing up, one of the things that my dad would always say to me and my brother, right, if you're going to be there, be there, right? If you're going to be there, be there. So, you know, really trying to make sure that everything I do, I give it my all, right? I, I bring my energy into a space. Uh, so for me, I think that's the big thing. Um, which that energy oftentimes translates to momentum, right? And momentum can translate to all kinds of impact. So that's uh, a big part of what I focus on, making sure that uh, whatever I'm engaging with, 
uh, I bring the best of myself from an energy perspective. You know, and I got to say that resonates with me. I've, I've, I've met you um, most recently at one of the New Jersey uh, board events, the one we had before everything uh, yeah. was on lockdown. And, you know, one thing I noticed is when that moment came, right, for you to present, to connect with people, you were like 100% there, right? Like, <laughs> maybe I didn't notice you like before, but like when it was your turn, so to speak, you were definitely like there and people were engaged and, and I can definitely see your father's advice kind of coming through in the way you carried yourself, at least in that moment that I saw. No, I appreciate that. It was funny. So I vividly remember that because the room was kind of rectangular shaped, which so and we were talking in the front. So the, the there were conversations that were happening in the front. So people in the back couldn't necessarily hear everything that was going on. And so you know, as part of that kind of, you know, as, as I was talking with for my part, I was like, you know what, let me move. So then I just kind of walked to the center of the, the room and was talking through there. And um, somebody asked me afterwards, they're like, did you plan to do that? I was like, no, but it just felt right, right? Um, so I think that's the other thing, and maybe I didn't necessarily say this completely the right way, but you know, bringing the energy and it's trying to just sort of feel what's happening in the moment and making sure that I'm doing my part to maximize the moment, right? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was a, a awesome fantastic uh, evening. Uh, I can't wait till we get back to those. <laughs> awesome. And I, and I love that second part that you, you know, it's not just about you projecting yourself. It's about you connecting yeah. with the energy in the room with, with, with what people yes. need, because I'll tell you, if you hadn't done that, it would have been really hard. Cause like you said, the room was long, it was noisy. People weren't really, you know, paying attention yeah. to a single person speaking. So that made a big difference. I saw. Yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> All right, great. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you know, technology has done wonders for us. It, it, it helps connect us and helps us, assists us in so many ways. But I think you and I are on the same page when we still have to connect with people in order to navigate our business, our career, and our life. Uh, with that in mind, what is it that never fails to surprise you? about people? Yeah, I think in general, um, and it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, generalize, right? But, but and, and maybe this is more of a cliche, you know, never surprised that people just have um, a, a very diverse perspective on things and, and um, try, trying to figure out the best way to, to say this, right? Even for someone who in their normal, let's say, day-to-day -day job, they, they may be someone that's, you know, very, you know, let's use finance as an example. They may be, um, you know, very much in Excel spreadsheets and, and very uh, analytical about their day. Everybody has different pieces to where they can flex their style into different things. So even the most analytic of analytic people can also have an expressive sort of tendency or personality in them as well. And so, um, you know, kind of hitting on, you know, what, what never seems, never fails to surprise me about people is engaging with someone and seeing all the different ways that that individual can just flex their style and engage in so many different ways um, is something that I think is a gift that everybody has that uh, 
oftentimes needs to be exercised, right? Because a lot of us will be told, well, no, you're, you're analytic, or we'll take one of those, those, um, you know, those uh, assessment tools, and it says, well, you're, you know, you're, uh, you know, expressive or you're amiable or you're a driver or whatever. And then, then you say, well, that's what I am. So that's what I must be. And so therefore every engagement is, is that it's like, no, like there's this other flex piece that you can do, that you can be, that you can, in any situation that you're in, as long as you're willing to allow yourself to engage in that way. And so that's the part that never ceases to, to kind of amaze me about people in general, never ceases to surprise me is the ability for an individual to flex to the moment and step up to the moment at hand uh, when they put their mind to it and say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and do it. So that, that to me is a, is a big thing. Yeah. I love the way you describe that in terms of flexing, because it's not so much they're becoming a totally different person. It's just expanding for the moment. And let me ask you a personal question, right? Yeah. For your kids, do you also sort of inculcate that in them? Because often we put our kids into categories and roles. You're the good kid. You're the troublemaker. You're the athlete. You're the nerd. You know, is that something you try to sort of um, make sure your kids understand that they are not set in a single destiny because mom and dad think that they should be this or that? Yeah, we we try to right. So so it's a it's it's a great question. So uh, my my son uh, is su- he's normally very analytic. So he's he's uh, studying architecture. He's in the second year architecture school, but at the same time he he's expressive when he wants to be. Uh, funny as heck, super empathetic person. Um, you know, my daughter is very artsy photography, but at the same time we could get into a deep conversation about politics or, or uh, very analytical business type of conversations too. So um, we definitely try to expose them to different things so that they can flex their style. I don't know that I've ever, it's, it's interesting that you asked the question. I don't know that I've ever said it to them as, you know, make sure you're continuing to flex your style in that way, but uh-huh. I'm trying to encourage it in different situations. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I, I, I think that's great because uh, you know, not not to blame our parents for anything, but often we carry those expectations or those roles that are given to us at an early age, and we feel like we can't flex because we haven't practiced it. To your point, like you need to practice it, you need to to use it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you, I went into engineering, so I studied uh, chemical engineering at Rutgers, right? So the, the reason I did that is is um, when it was actually it was at my grandfather's funeral. And there was a guy standing there. My dad was like, do you know who that guy is? And I'm like, nope, no dad. I have no idea who that guy is. It's a guy standing there, Latino guy, had a beard, you know, uh, mustache, uh, had glasses on, leather jacket, black jeans. I vividly remember seeing him there. And my dad goes, um, you know, do you know what he does? I'm like, well, in my head, I'm thinking, well, dad, if I don't know who he is, I sure as heck don't know who he does. But all I just said, oh, you know, super respectful. Uh, like, no, dad, I, I don't know uh, what he does. He's like, he's an engineer. He's an electrical engineer. He's like, so when, when a building goes up, he has to sign off before they can open up the building and people could go in there. You want to be an engineer. Done. Okay, dad. Um, so, so before that moment, I was thinking lawyer. Mm. After that moment, engineer. Interesting. Right? And so, so, and actually I tried to put the two pieces together and say that I wanted to be a, it was going to be a, a mechanical engineering lawyer for a, a corporate mechanical engineering lawyer. I had no idea what that meant. Sure <laughs> sounded really good. I was like, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be like a mechanical engineering lawyer for, for, for a big company. I didn't do the legal stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason I didn't do the legal stuff is it wasn't in my mind that I should do that. And also there was nobody from a Latino perspective that I knew that I could point to to say, well, if they're doing it, I, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my dad pointed someone out to me, engineering, I could, I could see that. Even though after that, I also didn't engage with other engineers or anything like that from the Latino community all the way through going into college. But I had that moment where he set my expectation high and mm-hmm. said, this is what you're going to achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it also ties into years before, and I've shared this story a few times, but um, I was about I don't know, 10, 11 years old, walking down the street in Harlem. And I just felt this urge to ask the question, have you ever wondered why you're here? And so I just said, like, have you ever wondered why you're here? Walking on the street, my mom, my dad, my brother, my dad was like, we're going to the store. Like, that's literally why we're here. We're going to the store. My brother kind of ignored me. He's a couple years older. He's probably like, you know, whatever little, little brother. Um, my mom just looked at me, a little bit of a smile and said, yes. Right. She didn't have to dig any more into that, right? Just her saying yes in that moment translated over to me saying, okay, it's okay for me to wonder, right? Mm-hmm. She unlocked me to be able to say, I can have high aspirations at a time when the entire country was talking about the crack epidemic in Harlem and saying that people that looked like me couldn't achieve anything except being a crackhead. That is what the national narrative was. What they weren't seeing was the community that I was living in. What they weren't seeing is what parents like my mom and dad and siblings like my brother and all of my family was saying and the community I lived in, which was, no, 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 right? No, no, that's not us. We are what our dreams say we can be. Mm -hmm. And so those two days are so critical in my growing um, because it it just put this position to be able to say, yes, I can achieve, I can do more. Um, I don't even remember what your question was. I'll say that right now. (laughs) I felt the flow and to the point of what we were talking about earlier, I'm feeling good. I have a cup of coffee with me over here. And this is where I wanted to take the story. So I hope you don't mind. But I, you know, what I want to say is for anyone that's listening, it's like, understand two things. One is the power of your words. If you, I don't care if you are a student or if you are a 20 year professional, your words can literally change a life. A single word can change a life in an instant if you are there. Yeah. Right. So going back to the point, if you're going to be there, be there. So for everyone to make sure that you are living in the moment, understanding how you can make a difference for everyone, because we are at a time in a place where we need people stepping up to live in the moment and do more for each other. Make sure you understand the power of the words that you have. And then also make sure you understand that there will be times where you will feel like, I don't know if I can do it. And so have those people around you that you can trust, that you can, that you, that you know will be there for you in the moment and will tell you that word that's going to reignite your emotions, your feelings, your passion, and get you put back into a position for you to achieve the dreams that you were meant to achieve. So I'll stop there and let you get to your next question. But uh, I was just feeling that right now. So I wanted to make sure I got that out. 
Awesome. You know what I love about that story, Damien, and and I think it's actually the first time um, I heard it uh, myself, is that, you know, the way you describe what your mother did and 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 unlocking that in, in a different world, in a parallel universe, your hope could have been crushed, yes. right? And, you know, when you're a younger and you're in an, an impressionable age, or even when you're older, right? Like even like, let's say you've been working for a few years and you go to your boss and you're like, I want to do this. And they go to you and say, yeah, you're, you're not the right material. You don't have executive presence or whatever, you know, ridiculousness they're going to throw in front of you to tell you that you can't do it. And if you believe that, if you take on their word as, as gospel or however you want to think about it, your hopes can be crushed and you will not be able to transcend and, and achieve the, the, the way you were talking about. Yes. Right. Remember this. The power to name is the power to define. Right. Mm -hmm. The power to name is the power to define. Guy that I've known for a long time, Marty Rogers, uh, works at Accenture, said those words at an event. And I was like, man. That is, that is so, so profound. It, it, we all have the ability to define where we're going. And, and that's the whole mindset piece of it, right? So to your point, man, there, there's so much that we can do, we can control. And when I say it's control what you can control, the things that you can't try to influence, where you can't influence or control, then try to not worry too much about that. Understand that it's there but make sure you're continuing to move forward that momentum, that energy that allows you to achieve the aspiration. Awesome, awesome. All right, so I'm guessing you've learned a lot of lessons on the path to where you are at this moment at Accenture and, and afterwards and, and leading Alpha. And often what we learn is, is not always what we expected to happen. What can you share with the audience that a lot of us, a lot of people, maybe even yourself at one point, get wrong about how to succeed? Asking for help. Mm. It sounds simple, asking for help, right? And it's taken me a while to get to this place in my head with it. And it followed me along for a second. Um, what I say is oftentimes, I know for myself, not asking for help is a combination of imposter syndrome with fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> fake, it till you, fake it till you make it a lot of times is perceived as pretend you know until you actually know, right? Uh -huh. Which then means though that you can't ask because you're supposed to know. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to know this. <laughs> I have to fake it till I, I'm supposed to know. It's, it's a cash 22, right? I'm supposed yeah, to be yeah. faking like I'm, it's fake it till I make it. So I, I can't actually ask because then they're going to know that I don't know. Now imposter syndrome is coming in. Oh, wait. So, so I, and so you're stuck in this circle of, I have a simple question that can unlock the world, but I can't ask it because then they're going to know that I don't belong here. Mm. And so you don't ask for help. Mm. And you put yourself in a situation where you now default back, or at least for me, default back to what I've heard growing up. You got to be twice as good, put your head down, get the stuff done to be able to show that you could do it and you will be rewarded. And the reality is putting your head down is going to allow a lot of people to leapfrog right over you while you have your head down mm. versus understanding, keep your head up, understanding what is going on around you and being willing to ask for help so that you can move forward at a faster pace, right? So to me, what I've, what I've kind of tricked my head into is fake it till you make it no longer means pretend I know. Fake it till I make it means have the confidence to walk in. Mm -hmm. 
like I belong there. Mm-hmm. Pull my own chair up to the table like I belong there. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is I do belong there. It's okay if I don't know everything that the people in the room know, because there's also things that I do know that they don't. Mm-hmm. And if I come in with that confidence, it will translate over to a different type of conversation. I've actually gotten myself to the point where I feel comfortable, like literally asking what the definition of is, is in a sentence, <laughs> right? Like somebody, if, well, I can say, well, what, is, what does that even mean? If somebody can say, the sky is blue. What do you mean the sky? What does that mean to you that the sky is blue, right? I couldn't ask that. I couldn't say, what does that mean to you that the sky is blue? If I felt like, well, if I ask that question, they come back to me and say, well, it's obvious that it's blue. What are you, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. No, no, no. I now have the confidence to say, I'm asking this question for a reason. And I have my journey that I've been through that puts me in a position to be able to add value everywhere I go, everywhere I go. I don't care if it's the biggest company in the world or if it is a brand new startup, I will add value. And at the same time, I will respect the person at the other side of that table and assume that they are gonna be able to add value to me if they are a brand new person in the company or if they're someone that's been there for 20 plus years. So, so circling back to your question, this time I remember the question as I went on to my little rant anyway, you know, what's the thing? It's asking for help and knowing that asking for help doesn't mean that you are not gifted. You are not talented. It actually means you are at a whole nother level that, you know, asking for help is going to put you in a better position to be able to achieve your mission as you are moving along, as long as you are willing to ask for that help and also give of yourself as well. Because if you're always asking for help, asking, 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 but never giving, you're not actually allowing yourself to feel the goodness. And this is going to be selfish here. And you got to be selfish with this. Feel the goodness of actually giving somebody some help, right? So, so that's the part there. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you could go about this. So, but ask and be willing to ask for help. You know, what I love about what you're saying, Damien, is uh, there's a certain vulnerability in in asking which actually helps you perform better and helps other people want to work with you versus you're the know-it-all guy or a gal yeah. right and and you're like top gun and you know everyone else is behind you you're you're in front as opposed to like hey i'm i'm here to help everyone succeed and that's a very it's subtle but i feel like a lot of people don't get that i completely agree completely agree right and and it's a, I'll say this too, when you ask, think about this, when somebody asks you for help, mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll feel more engaged with their success yes. because you gave them help and you want them to now be successful with the help you gave them. So now you're invested in that person that asked you for help. Well, so, so it works the other way around too. When you ask for help, that person giving you the assistance wants you to be successful. They are now vested in you because this is, this is, it's, it's a little bit, again, so that selfish piece that it's a little bit selfish to someone want you to be successful because then it looks good for themselves, right? It's that, that feel good yourself thing, which is nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. That's a good type of feeling good for yourself, right? That's a good type of selfishness. Um, so it's, but when you, when you ask, you're actually building relationships at a deeper level, 
right? And that, again, translates over to more opportunities. Because again, if you just put your head down and do your work, people are going to be leapfrogging right over you. So that yeah. relationship piece is a key part of it. Asking for help helps build relationships. You offering help and giving help helps build relationships. And all of a sudden, now your ecosystem is built to progress upwards versus putting you in a position where you're just focused on doing your thing and that's it. I love the um, virtuous circle feel about what you're saying. It's not just one way, it's, it, it's, it's a circle and it, yes. and it feeds itself in a good way. Yeah. Well, let's widen the circle a little bit and proceed to the shout out where um, we ask each of our guests, who is an up and coming leader that you're aware of who is passionate about diversity that people in the audience should really know more about? So, so I'm actually going to talk about somebody that's on the national team and also on the New Jersey team. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Bolino. Um, she is someone that has demonstrated this amazing empathy and leadership ability to be able to really create a team dynamic and, and make an impact in a very short period of time. Um, she's someone that, uh, I see will continue to do things that are going to impact well beyond her own circle. And what I mean by that is she does what she does in such a way that the people that she's impacting will continue to impact others because they will see the benefit of, of helping someone else. And it's going to continue to ripple like a wave. Right, like 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 a pond hitting, and it kind of just keeps going up. That's what I see in her from her that um, I think is truly special. Wow, wonderful, wonderful! And I've worked with her uh, when she was you know, uh, yeah. on the New Jersey board, and she is—I uh, echo those sentiments. She is fantastic. So thank you so much. I'm sure Jennifer will be very pleased for the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Well, Damien, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. I've learned so much about the importance of being there for you, the, the power of your word, uh, and also that virtuous cycle of, of, of asking as well as receiving. Uh, how can people connect to learn more about you uh, or Alpha or any of your other uh, various endeavors? Yeah, so uh, the, the what I'm probably most active with from a social media standpoint is Instagram. So Damien F. Rivera, right? D-A-M-I-A-N F. Rivera. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, my daughter had me get a TikTok account. I haven't posted a video there, so that's not a good place. But really, Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. Uh, I think it's a great way to connect and engage with people. LinkedIn as well. Uh, Damien Rivera, obviously, on LinkedIn. Uh, and an email, uh, Damien.Rivera at national.alpha.com. Uh, and I, you know, anybody who shoots me something, I do my very best to get back to them quickly. Um, so please do reach out, uh, love connecting, talking with folks, um, and just kind of hearing about what they, what's going on and, and wherever I can, uh, help I want to. Um, and then also what I will say is, um, to the point that I was talking about before, I also ask for help as well. <laughs> right. So, so, um, you know, when you engage with me, hopefully you're open also to being able to help, um, as well. Cause I think it's a, it's good when people can help each other. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you, Damien, for being our inaugural guest on C-Suite, the show that combines surprising leadership insights with a focus on diversity. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to C-Suite. Alpha's purpose is connecting Latino leaders for impact. To learn more, go to alpha.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review or share with a trusted friend or colleague. Remember, with the right perspective, amazing things can happen.